0: Hey friends, my name is Andre, and this is the Tennis and Bagels podcast, a podcast about essentially anything tennis, from uh, recreational to pro. And right now, we're really focusing on pro because finally, after so many long months, we finally have some pro tennis happening. And I am joined here by Ivan again. Hey, Ivan, hey how are you doing?
1: Doing fantastic. Thank you, thank you so much for having me again, Andre. And looking forward to breaking down the U.S. Open 2020 men's singles draw today.
0: Yeah, sweet. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if I just called out like that's the topic, see if you didn't figure out by the title of the podcast. You're just going to the men's draw in the US Open. And um, to help us here, we have a guest, a aspiring tennis analyst, um, Owen Lewis, who has already been a part of the show. He uh, listened to. He helped me in the GOAT debate um, episode, uh, which I'm going to leave the episode in the description. You can listen to that one. It's amazing. Owen is a really... Um, Smart person. I don't know if that sounds condescending. How do, how do you think about it, Owen? Oh uh, no! Thanks
2: for the kind words and thanks for
0: having me. I'm really excited to be here. Cool. Uh, so yeah, Owen is going to help us to bring all of his insight. His follow him on Twitter as well. His uh, he, he really breaks down stuff really really nicely, and in his podcast as well. Uh, not his podcast, but like his his blog where he writes incredible analysis for matches, and he, he's done even like some. Game by game analysis, right? Is that right?
2: Yeah, a few of those. Um, when I got into tennis, I saw that the Guardian and the Telegraph did those, and so um, I really liked reading them. So I did a few of my own as well.
0: Yeah, that's an insane amount of work.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean it, it can be tough, but it's it's a lot of
0: fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. But in any case, let's uh, let's get to it. Um, next week, we are going to have the second Grand Slam of the year. Sadly. <laughs> but finally we're getting something and it's interesting the US Open is coming out and um after a bunch of uh Cincinnati matches it feels like we don't necessarily know it feels like if before you were 70% right about something right now it feels like we are 50-50 almost so um let's let's just talk about a little bit about this draw and uh, I feel like the first question that I always want to ask about it is what are the most interesting highlights that you see at first in this in this u.s draw or the atp by the way
1: yeah so um i'll start so uh obviously uh novak djokovic he uh last year this tournament was also the number one seed but he uh had an elbow injury and was in a lot of doubts coming into the u.s open and he lost to with wavrinka last year in the fourth round so uh and he's obviously he's been unbeaten this year. He's been on a phenomenal streak, he's looked really good in Cincinnati so far, and he he seems to have a very a very kind draw, certainly the first week uh to get to the semifinals at least. Uh what's your guys' take on that?
2: Yeah, I I, I totally agree. Um the headline for the US Open has gotta be Djokovic searching for his 18th major title. And I, I think you're totally right. He's looked great in Cincinnati. Uh, the, the draw is looking good for him. Wawrinka, who beat him last year, isn't playing this year. So um, as are Federer and Nadal, they're also missing the event. Uh-huh. And uh, so I really expect Djokovic to win this event. Not only are uh, a few threats to him out of the draw, but uh, his two main threats for this tournament, uh, Dominic Thiem and Daniil Medvedev, are on the other side of the draw. And I was thinking that the only way I might not consider him the favorite is if he would have to play both of them. That's not the case, so I think Djokovic is a heavy favorite at this U.S. Open.
0: Mm, yeah, and uh, speaking of speaking of favorites, like um, who who do you think are the other contenders? Like, really, who do you think has a, a chance of winning? Um, and how does that chance compare to Djokovic's, for for instance?
1: Well, I think Djokovic is certainly the overwhelming favorite. Uh, it's not not just just because of also the court speed. I think uh, these courts are playing a lot quicker than they were certainly the last couple of couple of years at the U.S. Open. They've changed the surfaces, so it's now a, a lake old surface, which is similar to the surface they use in the Miami Open. It's a little bit faster bouncier. The so what I tend to think is that a lot of the big servers are going to do well. We might see a few ups, a few upsets mid tournament, I guess. And uh, some good uh, popcorn matches. But I I definitely think, uh, like, certainly if you go by Cincinnati, like Medvedev should like these courts here. He just ran into a a slightly bad matchup with uh, Bautista Agut uh, earlier this week who took him out in in three sets. And he just didn't take a few chances. Otherwise, um, you know, definitely he could have won that match. So definitely I, I think he's one of the big favorites. But in order for Medvedev to even get to Djokovic he, he's got to get to the final and have a repeat round of last year, which is, which I think is going to be pretty difficult. And then obviously team, I think uh, team uh, you would say prior to the U S open, given how much tennis he played over the, the exhibition, all the exhibition matches, at least 30, he would have played on all surfaces, even grass. And, and he looked, he's looked really good the last year. I mean, like you can make an argument that he's the second best player right now, uh, post Australian open last year, Certainly on clay and hard courts, but then obviously he had that shock loss uh, on a fast court to Krajanovic. and I think um, he, he just it just ha- he just had a really off day, and I think nothing was nothing was really working. And um, but I, I certainly don't expect that for him at, at the U.S. Open. I certainly still expect him to go pretty deep, and uh, I don't think his his draw has too many challenges, especially the first couple rounds. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up, Vonch. Um, I think this is a great look at um, recency bias. because So Medvedev made the final of the U.S. Open last year. And then going into the Australian Open, a lot of people thought he would go deep. He lost in the fourth round. Team made the final. And now all of a sudden, Team is the guy to beat who's outside the big three. Right. And so going into the U.S. Open, everyone was saying, you know, Team is going to be Djokovic's toughest out. Um, he's the biggest threat to Djokovic. And then there's the shock loss to Krajinovic. Medvedev plays like a half hour of perfect tennis against Roberto Bautista Agut. And I think we saw Ben Rothenberg tweet, Djokovic is the favorite. Medvedev is clearly the second favorite. And then there's a massive gap between him and the third favorite. Mm. And so this loss to Krajanovich really just throws a wrench in things for team. I think he's a favorite regardless. And this is going to sound cynical, but I think besides Djokovic, if everyone's healthy, the only two people with realistic chances of winning our and team. I don't think anyone else really has an appreciable chance at winning. Some some might say Tsitsipas could, but he, in the last three majors he's played, he's lost in the third round, the first round, and the first round. Sasha Zverev has only just made his first major semifinal, and against Andy Murray in Cincinnati, he lost that match. He was struggling with his serve again, so I, I don't think the confidence is there, and it doesn't look like the serve is there. So I I will be absolutely stunned if anyone besides Djokovic team or Medvedev wins the title.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yes, I, I honestly, for me, like uh, when I saw that that tweet exactly from from Ben, I I, I was it, it was it was just like a little bit shocking to me because it felt like team was like the the big the big guy after the big three, and it was just kind of like he was poised to make um his Grand Slam winning return. He would be like the biggest threat and. Um. Some people are also saying how, uh, for example, Titi Paz has no game compared to him. Like he has like no power. And here we go. Like Titi Paz is back into the semifinals playing Milos Raonic, uh, and uh, Team is nowhere to be found. He he didn't. He basically didn't show up to his match. He it was a shadow of who Dominic Team was, and. I think that's kind of like partially why I think it's so hard to call right now because the only player who's actually doing what he's supposed to is Novak Djokovic. I mean, maybe we can make an argument. Maybe Bautista Good is kind of like doing that as well, being annoying and beating um, big contenders early and then he's probably going to lose before he reaches the semifinals. He can't really pull off um, two big wins in a row, if you will. So that's kind of like the only thing. Um, And because I don't see Bautista Good being... Any challenge to Djokovic in a slam on a hard court—it's—it's uh, it's just rough. Um, and but here's a, f- a few things that I, I think it's we need to consider in terms of the U.S. Open as well. I think um, first, it's it's a Grand Slam. It's very different from a Masters 1000 in that um, there's a lot more pressure. There's a lot more going on. Players really try to peak for those tournaments, and it's a best of five. Like it's interesting that. Um, we don't necessarily, it's not that we don't talk enough about this, but like it can be really a a turning point for someone. For example, if team loses 6-1-6-2, there is still a chance that he's in and comes back from two sides to love. It's 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 lower, like granted, but yeah. it's it's still there. Like it's still a thing that can happen. And I don't wanna say that I wanna count either team or Medvedev out. They they haven't really been convincing whereas Djokovic has been Djokovic and there's nothing less to expect from him than to keep winning. Um and I, I feel like Djokovic is like a solid favorite. He's going to make at least the finals of this tournament. I don't think he's going to make anything less than that. And for Team Medvedev, it's still like a question mark. I think they're they're not going to win it. I don't think they they can they can make it into the into the finals and win it against Djokovic. But I don't want to count them out either. I feel like they used to have a lot of time to figure out their games.
1: Yeah, I think um, all of you guys hit on some good, uh, good overview of, I guess, what we should look for um, at the U.S. Open. And yeah, you're right. I mean, certainly Djokovic is the overwhelming favorite. And I, I completely agree with Owen that, you know, I'd be surprised if any one of Djokovic's team or Medvedev wins this tournament. I'll Although... Although I do have to say looking at the draw and looking at specific matchups I guess we can go into more specific now if you guys would like. But if we look at the first half of the draw and we see that, you know, Djokovic is in the same half as Tsitsipas, so they were they were they would meet in the semis if they if they both get there and certainly their seeds, their respective seeds. So Djokovic um, is drawn in the same quarter as David Goffin and Tsitsipas is drawn in the same quarter as as Zverev. So just looking at this half of the draw, I mean what kind of let's let's start with the first round early popcorn matches, let's say in this half of the
2: draw, what do you guys think immediately jumps out? Um so I think um Zverev and Kevin Anderson could be an exciting match. I think um Anderson is someone who could absolutely upset Zverev if he's not on his game and hitting 10, 15 double faults in a match. And I think I saw on Twitter someone said that could actually work to Zverev's advantage if he if he starts out in good form against a tough opponent, that could really be huge for his confidence going forward, and he might not play like two or three five setters before he even gets to the second week. so I'd say definitely I have an eye on that match um let's see what else
0: uh, uh i think. honest i feel like um what else do we have here? Uh, I was looking at it and I just lost it.
1: David Goffin against yes.
0: uh, Riley Opelka. That one. That one oh, is yeah. the one sure. the only thing I'm, I have about this match that I, I'm um reluctant to say it's going to be a good one is because Opelka, as we know, retired with a knee injury. So there's no really yeah. way to know in which form he's going to be at for the US Open. Right. It might have been like sort of like a strategic uh, move for him. He may have been able to maybe complete that match, but he just chose not to. But right. um I don't know, it's it's tough it's tough to tell. Maybe he, yeah. he maybe he'll retire again. Who knows how, how much this injury is bothering him. But it's definitely a match to look up to. Um especially because I don't think GoFan has much of a game on uh on the hard courts uh in a big server like Opelka So what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, no, I mean definitely if he get if he gets the returns back in play and they have a they have a nice baseline uh duel, especially with the cross court backhands and Gofan's ability to absorb pace then definitely he is still the favorite although i will say slightly because you know pelka certainly to me is i, I know peter bodo mentioned this uh, in, in our last podcast but i think he's the mo- he's got the highest potential i guess ceiling for like mm-hmm. like no ceiling in terms of all the americans just because he can serve his way through to a title or he can he can just put together a hot streak and he moves he moves really well for someone who is 7 feet given his limitations he's got good court coverage he's got a better backhand than Isner um, I think the forehand is not quite as good as Isner's but it's but certainly he can be really dangerous and I know he played Gofan I think it was a first round in the 2017 Australian Open when that was Gofan's best season by far and Opelka you know was was hardly on the map mm. then so I think I, I mean I if I if I were have if Opelka is healthy I would give him a good shot at the upset mm. in that match.
2: I'm I'm really excited to see this because Gofen is a great returner and Okalka is probably in the top two, three, four servers in the world right now. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gonna be a great contrast. I, I do hope Okalka is healthy and that he'll be able to play out the match. And I think at the least we'll get an interesting contrast between their heights when they racket tap at the end.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's always great to see. Yeah. Um,
0: Never gonna be anything like Dudisella and uh, Ivo Karlovich though. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, you need to get a, grab a chair and then go shake hands yeah.
2: at the net. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. To to connect this back to Djokovic for a second, I think that he might be if he has his eye on this match, he might rather play Gofan later down the line because mm. th- they played at Wimbledon last year. I think uh, Gofan was actually up a break early at four three, might had thirty love as well, and Djokovic ended up winning the next ten games. Um, right. Gofan Gofan is a great player but against and he has a couple wins against big 3 players but in general he just isn't able to compete at that level. Mm-hmm. And I think that Opelka would be more capable of at least pushing Djokovic to a tiebreak or yeah. and maybe maybe sneaking a set if he can serve extremely well. Yeah. So I think Djokovic would rather play Gofan.
1: Yeah, and plus Djokovic will have the advantage of obviously maybe potentially playing Isner in the fourth round because I do see mm-hmm. Isner as a 16th seed. And uh, you know he's he he had a uh, I guess a good tournament lost to Sitsipas uh, in the quarters, but I mean in the round of 16 rather in Cincinnati. But uh, in terms of popcorn matches, early uh, early first round in Djokovic's immediate second round opponent could be either Kyle Edmund or Alexander Bublik. That's a nice uh, contrast for for a first round. So I guess that'll be somewhat interesting.
0: Yeah, I think. Uh looking at Djokovic's quarter right now, just looking at it, since you guys are bringing it up a little bit more right right now, I think, I don't think Djokovic Djokovic could have asked for um, maybe an easier draw, if you will. Like, I think it's, it's tough to say because maybe, maybe it doesn't matter who would be, who were to be there. We would be saying this, but honestly, um you got like players that he's beaten before um it's truth um yeah, Pablo no, no challenge yeah. to him
1: uh, yeah. by the way I mean, if Isner he's done,
0: hasn't isn't yeah. hasn't won a set against Djokovic in five years i believe shapovalov mm-hmm. is is just come and go like you never really know what form he's going to be at so
1: yeah, I will say though Shapovalov has got a good chance to make the third round Because, mm-hmm. i uh, i mean Korda is coming up, but I, I I think best of five sets definitely i think Chapo should win that match even if he self-destructs a bit for a set or two. Hmm. Um, and then you've got the young American Fritz who, um, in my opinion, could make a third or even a fourth round here. Uh, he's got Kopfer in the first round which could be a little tricky because mm-hmm. Kopfer last year, I remember, pushed Medvedev and got to a fourth round surprise. Yeah, uh, yeah. some players on the way there. But uh, yeah, you're, you're spot on. Like, I don't see any... This is... If he could have handpicked a draw, Djokovic, I think, like he would have picked this one because it's, it's, it's just, it's perfect. Like first round, no challenge. And I think second round um, Edmund, he should get through that pretty easy. And then Struf, um is a really good matchup for him, obviously. And then you've got either Chapeau or Isner. Uh, I mean, Chappo is a court, potential quarterfinal, but really like who do, who do we really see? I guess if you want to wrap up this quarter, I mean, we see Djokovic in the quarters, but who do you think his opponent will be?
2: Um, yeah, so I think Djokovic will definitely be in the quarterfinals. I think a likely person to meet him there is David Goffin, because Goffin, although he doesn't play the top players, as well as maybe some other people do, he's usually pretty reliable at beating the players he should beat. I don't really see uh, Riley Opelka beating him. And so I think he's pretty likely to make the quarterfinals. I think at best, he'll win a set against Djokovic. Probably won't, probably that won't even happen, but I do expect to see him there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a question in terms of like the speed of the court. Do you guys think um, the speedy court helps Gofan or helps Djokovic more
1: in terms of that matchup
0: specifically?
1: Yeah. Um, that's hard to say because I actually heard that um, you know, assuming Djokovic plays most of his matches on Ash, um, I've heard a lot of the players say that Ash actually does play a little bit slower to the outside. Yeah, it's points. true. So I don't think um, I, I don't think it will specifically give Gofan any advantage. Per se, that he would have had maybe if it was, if it was an indoor match, maybe he could get a little bit more off of his his serve, and maybe he could redirect, or maybe it would help his backhand a little bit, maybe hitting through the courts. Hmm. But uh, I, I certainly don't think. It, 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 I think it it would even help Djokovic. In fact, if the courts are fast.
2: Okay. Um, yeah. So I agree with Vonch about the speed of the courts. I think. On the off chance that they don't play on Arthur Ashe, um, playing on a faster court will help Djokovic. His game is pretty similar to GoFan's. It's just everything is bigger. Serve is bigger, forehand's bigger, backhand is more powerful. And so I think that his overpowering of Gofan would just be more pronounced on a faster court. Uh, if they play on Arthur Ashe, sounds like it's playing slower. I doubt it'll be that different from their usual matchups. Probably straight sets for Djokovic either way.
0: Yeah, it's just tough because Djokovic is so versatile. He can do essentially anything on a court. So, yeah. he,
2: he, he really can. And Djokovic having an easy draw, well, it, like relatively easy. Uh, I don't notice disrespect to any of these players, but the chances that they'll beat him are just so low. And part of that is because Djokovic's game is just, it's so solid. There's basically nothing to attack. And the only way these players will even have a chance is if they do everything like perfectly really like against Federer you can attack his backhand against Nadal you can hit hard deep and flat to his forehand maybe open up the court that way but against Djokovic there there's just not a lot you can do tactics wise because every part of his game is so so polished Hmm. so he he might be a little off like he sometimes is in the early rounds might drop a set surprisingly but he won't drop more than that Mm
1: mm-hmm yeah, and he does yeah. such a great job of peaking usually by the time he gets to the quarterfinals. And, you know, this these particular matchups for him are just so they're just they're just not conducive to any kind of any kind of upset uh here because like Gofan, like you said, I mean Djokovic is just so solid from every part of the court and just does everything that Gofan does just a little bit better. And that that's enough. That's a big enough margin against um, you know, all of all of these players they're kind of a poor man Djokovic, I guess, in a in a in a way you could call Gofan. So I think um yeah, that matchup, if it were to happen, I agree with Owen, it would definitely be in straight sets now. In this quarter, though, I do think uh, you know, GoFan is the matchup that Djokovic would, you know, want to have given the familiarity that they've played each other over eight times. And, you know, Djokovic is pretty comfortable in that matchup. But I do think there are some People, if they do get on the off chance that they do get to the quarterfinals, you know, maybe they have some tricks they can throw at him, and maybe one of those. players, Maybe obviously, if Opelka, we mentioned Opelka, if he's able to get to the quarters, but that's a pretty big ask for Riley at the moment. Hmm. Um, how, which other players do you really see? I mean, other than Shapovalov, if you know he's just absolutely dialed in and on his game, and he's having a, a, a fantastic run, could maybe take a set or threaten Djokovic for a bit or maybe maybe like a Jill Simone, somebody who really throws up the pace and, you know, plays the game very slowly and maybe forces Djokovic to uh, come up with offense and generate on his own, I guess, rather than, um, you know, feeling very comfortable in predictable patterns in baseline rallies.
2: You, you remember their Australian Open match in yes, 2016? Yes, that's the one I'm oh, my referring to. Uh, that was crazy. Djokovic had 100, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, to answer your question, I think... Um, Djokovic's countryman, Filip Krajinovic could be a tough yeah. out for him. Um, Game-wise, I don't think anything Krajinovic does will really trouble Djokovic. He's just in amazing form. He he just lost to Raonic, uh, had match point, was up a set and a break. Little right. like little bit unlucky to lose that match, but he was in razor-sharp form. Um, after Raonic didn't get broken against Andy Murray, Krajinovic broke him twice pretty easily in a set and a half. So... He, he could maybe take a step from the Ocubitz, I think. Hmm. Sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. So let's just try to move on to uh, maybe the second half as well, where my favorite yeah. next gen is located in Stefanos Tsitsipas, whom, by the way, I keep thinking is the most underrated next gen out there. I am convinced by that.
1: Well, well I will say that um, when he did win the next gen finals and when he got to the semis, and he, I mean, he's shown tremendous mental mental toughness when he does get to those positions. Obviously, he's made two Masters Finals. He made the semis in in, uh, in Australia, and that was no fluke by any means because he backed it up by then beating a really tough Roberto Bautista. Boot. And, you know, he, you know, like in the Federer matches that he had last year, he was 0 for 12 on break points. Uh, Federer was 0 for 12 on break points. Tsitsipas saved all of them with really clutch play. And mm. uh, same thing in, in the World Tour Finals. I mean, that's no fluke either to go through that and post-US Open he had a good run. Um, I I do think like Owen mentioned he's 3 for 4 in his last Grand Slam uh, meetings if we count Wimbledon in the US Open first round losses and then the Australian Open third round loss where he just didn't return well enough at all against Raonic. I do think that him playing a lot of big servers in Cincinnati will give him a huge boost because he got through Kevin Anderson fairly comfortably returned well. I noticed he's blocking a lot more returns back. He's not he's shortened up the backswing a little bit. He's he feels more comfortable right off the first when he gets the first return, first serve return back in play, and obviously he's serving. I think these fast courts really help him. They, they help his serve. They help his kind of all court game. His his first serve, his serve and forehand are one of the his one of the best uh, sort of one two combinations I've seen from any of the next gen guys. So no, I think I think when when players fall under the expectations that the media and us fans set against him. From him, like Zverev, uh, for instance, was for a long time in majors. Um, it just takes one good run to kind of make him go from underrated to people talk about him again. But I think, I think to to your point, I think he has a good good chance here, and I, I like his I like his draw and the players he's gonna face. I, I could easily, I don't really see him getting troubled until hmm. really the fourth round or quarters. And he matches up so well against Zverev, even if Zverev was to get there. I think he just has such an edge against Zverev right now. I think their head-to-head is like five-one. He's won their last five meetings, and it's just his game is—he makes Zverev look one-dimensional every time they play.
0: So yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead.
2: Oh, um, you, you can go ahead. I have a long spiel coming. Oh on, yeah,
0: sure, so. sure. So uh, here's a thing for me. I think Tsitsipas... is one thing that we kind of like fail to remember sometimes is how um he beat Team in the final of the Master Series. The not the Master Series, but like the. ATP tour finals, finals. Yeah. yeah so the tour finals and uh, it, it's not like team didn't want to win that match it's not like team is in the level of uh um say nadal yeah. who can just kind of like say whatever screw it and then I'm just going to skip it because I I'd better be ready for um australia and uh afterwards rolling Arrows. so team yeah. wanted that that the match team wanted that tournament but cc Paz was just a better player on an indoor court and a faster court and i think um, just because sometimes he looks a little bit skinnier, he he's uh forehand and um the backhand, they don't have the shape of teams. He doesn't have the the slap the team can give him to the ball. So like I feel like people think that he just doesn't doesn't have the power, but he has a big serve, he has incredible touch, he's incredibly smart, he needs to get over a little bit of like some, some maturity issues and uh having a little bit more mental strength. But even through this draw, I, I think it's actually really interesting that he got against uh, Alberto Ramos binolas because he's a very he's a spanish guy and he like like any good Spanish guy he fights like heck and is a very um very spirited uh competitor so it, it won't it won't be just like a walk in the park if tTC isn't fully there so yeah, but honestly other than that, I don't think any of the any of the seeds have most of the have much of the game um and i if the courts keep being really um quick in the beginning like uh say outside of the uh the main ones um the one other play maybe would have been interesting there it would be like Schwartzman who is actually in this very uh quarter um not yeah. quarter the round 4 I I think he, he will suffer from uh, the faster courts and he may not actually be able to get to the to the later stages if, if things remain as they are with the courts of the outer courts being like twenty percent faster is a massive difference. So, for Schwartzman, yes. no, yeah. No, for
1: Schwartzman, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I I really, I think the fast courts hurt his game.
0: Yeah. I think yeah. Borna Church doesn't have game. He mm-hmm. has never really been able to reproduce his his level of uh what I think is Vienna or Basel that he beat Nadal. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. Dusan Lajovic is is shaky as well. There's no really one anyone there that I feel like can can trouble Tzipas way into the into the semifinals really. Even considering yeah. Zverev. Yeah, I
2: mean, I think you both made some great points. I think Pass is the next gen guy that strikes me most as a future world number one. He has yes. a great serve, great forehand. Maybe not not quite at the level of teams, um, but very good. He can hit his backhand down the line. Like Bunch says, he's brought the new block return, which was a weakness for him before. He has the the long locks of a young Federer. Like, all all the signs are there yeah. um, <laughs> for future world number one. But the results at the majors, besides the Australian Open last year, just aren't there. Um, since that heartbreaking loss to Stan Vavrinka at the French Open last year, yeah. it's been first round, first round, third round. And I've I have no doubt that he is capable of making a run, but... Until he does it, I won't predict that he will make that run. If that makes any sense, I'm not. I'm not totally sold on him, and I won't be until the consistent results at the majors start to fall. So mm. I think, I think this is a great opportunity for him to make a major semifinal. As you guys said, he matches up well with Sverev. Um, his first round should be no problem. His second round should be even less of a problem. He's got a wild card and an unseeded player. Um, So I think this is a great opportunity for him to go deep, but be on the lookout for him to get upset regardless, I think. I think it could happen.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's true.
1: Yeah, I I will say something about those three uh, Grand Slam upsets. I do think he took that Wobrinko loss incredibly hard because I do think um, it was a fantastic match. One of the best matches of the year went over five hours. It was 8-6 in the fifth for Stan. And you know, Sitsipas was chiding himself because he had those 27 breakup opportunities. He converted five of them. And then I just think, um, you know, there was too much expectations, and he he didn't quite make the transition from clay to grass very well. He had he he lost a tough first round in at Wimbledon. And then you know, honestly, he didn't have a very good draw at the U.S. Open. He ran into Rublev, who was red hot that summer. Uh, last summer, I should say, when he beat Federer in Cincinnati, he had some re- great results that summer. But, uh, but no, you're right. Like until Sitsipas does really show the consistency in majors, um, then we can really start talking about him, but yeah, all the signs are there. Great forehand. Excellent. He plays the big points very smartly, yeah, great first serve, good all round, uh, awareness, very interesting personality. So, you know, like all the, all the ingredients are there both, uh, uh, you know, on the court. And I think he does, um, uh, make a run this, um, tournament I, th- I do think he, he gets out of this quarter
2: I, I think it's very possible and um yeah I think the, the fact that he took the Wawrinka loss so hard uh mm-hmm. is kind of a blessing and a curse because I think it's a blessing because it shows that he cares he is not he is not going to have any problems with caring about his losses he's not a guy who's going to be tanking but at the same time the carryover from this loss is pretty long now like he has not been the same in majors since then it's been Th- three majors he he did win the world's tour finals but again it's just the majors that truly determine the the standing of a player and besides that australian open in 2019 he just hasn't really established himself and so i think he's got a great opportunity to do so here
0: okay. yeah, it's kind of like an opposite zverev in a way who zverev has been doing just terribly in pretty much any tournament and then comes the australian open he played fantastic he was way beyond everyone's expectations because he was just a, a nothing player on uh, grand slams. He would yeah, and occasionally that, and that totally, go to five set matches for no reason. So yeah. yeah,
1: and I think I think that pressure just off his chest is totally relaxed him that tournament because I remember him saying that I'm going to donate ten thousand uh, dollars for every match that I win, and then if I to the bushfire relief fund, if you remember, uh, with those terrible fires that were going on in Australia. Yeah. And so I think that just relaxed him that suddenly no one was talking about him doing well at all in the tournament. And then I mm. think he just started getting momentum and he didn't drop a set. He looked fantastic. And when that second serve, when he's not double faulting and when he's getting first serves, you know, 135, 140, consistently hitting his spots. And then all of a sudden he feels like he can open up on the forehand side. I mean, watch out because he's incredibly dangerous, especially when there's no, when his, when everything um, outside of him uh, externally is, is in check he's he can be incredibly dangerous and just really hard to break um so yeah yeah. i mean like watch out for that and also i think the team semifinal that he played was quite underrated because that was a great match too it went almost four hours
2: Mm -hmm. yeah um, sorry go
0: ahead no i was just agreeing go
2: ahead (laughs) um yeah vonch i'm so glad you brought that up because people forget sometimes in the team match it was very close he was probably yeah. one or two points away from being in a winning position there. Yeah. Um, split the first two sets, had set point twice in the third. Team hit two winners, really clutch. And then last two sets went to tie breaks. So yeah. he was not all that far away from a major final there. And if he serves at 80% like he did in Australia, like look out because he's going to go deep.
1: Yeah, the issue is just yeah. that second that second serve and, and, and it, falls, it comes up short and you can see it in bunches. Like mm-hmm. in the Andy Murray match that we just saw, I mean, just if you go by the numbers, I mean, you say, okay, he hit 11 double faults in three sets. That's not terrible, but it's when they happen that, yeah, that we the the disaster yeah. when he hit the five out of yeah. the six in the last two games. And yeah, and honestly, yeah. I
0: feel like uh, being, trying to like to put things into perspective for Zverev, he got a terrible draw. He got Andy Murray in the first round. Mm-hmm. Like even Andy Murray, and people keep saying Andy Murray on a metal hip. Andy Murray has practiced so hard for that metal hip not to be a problem in his career. He's moving like it was not a problem at all, and obviously, the doctors didn't make a metal hip as if it was like a like an armor that he's wearing. He can barely move. He's like, no, he's moving so mm-hmm. freely, and he's so eager to compete again. He's feeling so good after, um, after. I guess if you if you're in the, in Andy Murray's position, you get a second life essentially, like a you, you out of chronic pain. And you're back to doing your sport that you love, trying to get out, um, reach high on your own terms. It's, he's probably as excited to be playing as we are excited to be, to be watching <laughs> any mm-hmm. tennis right now. So uh, yeah. Zverev didn't, didn't get lucky with his draw. He played a, a f- fabulous um, second set to win it. He was in a good position, but he just kind of like maybe not as confident as Murray was eager. So maybe that was a problem for him. Otherwise, if, if it was anyone else, I think uh, Zverev would have won a match. Uh, in Cincinnati and maybe gotten a little bit deeper. So yeah. it depends it depends on how he he also got a terrible draw by the way on in and Kevin Anderson. He's just been terribly lucky with that. So um yeah. But yeah. there there's another player in, in this draw whom I, I kind of like want to draw attention because he's always fascinating to to see sometimes in draws is Hubert Hurac. Hubert Hurkatch Hu- yeah Hurcatch H- is um and Zverev's um, side of the draw, like uh, projected to meet in the third round. But he's a... Well, no, never mind. Yeah, he's on side. the Schwarzman yeah. one, uh, yeah. projected to meet Zverev in the in the round four. So yeah. he is a big server, too, and he's a powerful game. Um, he has he has a lot of uh, potential. A yeah. lot of people have been saying he's caused a couple upsets in the past already and pushed, I think, Zverev a few times, if not beaten him
1: um yeah uh so on her catch you no. Know, i mean her, like 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 you said i mean actually i think her catch is, is uh, one of those dangerous sleepers i know he's seated 24th but uh six foot five he's got a ni- he's got a nice he reminds me almost of a thomas burdich he moves his serve yeah. around a little bit better than a burdich mm-hmm. uh, he's got great ball control ball striking ability he can flatten out his shots he's got his what strikes me is he's got he's not afraid to come to the net he's got great uh, he's able to finish points at the net. He's got good instincts up there. Um he's hit a couple of those incredible diving volleys, reminding me almost of a Boris Becker. Yeah. But uh but no, I think I, I think he has a good draw and I think with the courts being fast, I think that does uh that does help him a little bit unless he runs into maybe a, a slightly bigger uh a bigger server or a better mover than him who can who can expose him. But I think he has a good chance to get to the fourth round and uh and meet Zverev potentially and um, and have some success, but so yeah, I do think I do have actually her catch in the fourth round, uh, playing uh, playing Zverev because I do think Zverev does still get to the fourth round.
2: Yeah, um, I agree. I think at worst her makes the third round. Vonch, um, yeah. when you said uh, when you talked about his volleys, when I think of him, I just think of those two insane volleys he had against Djokovic at Wimbledon last year: one diving volley, another one like stretch volley at the end of a twenty-eight shot rally. I think. Yeah, she has um, so much fight. Yeah, Um, I I think um, if he plays Schwartzman in the third round, that could be very interesting because we remember um, Schwartzman took out Zverev at the U.S. Open last year. So I think if Zverev is still in the draw by then, he's going to need to be on guard for that matchup because I think whoever meets him there has a very real chance of making it through and making it to the quarterfinals.
1: Hmm. Sure, yeah. Yeah, for sure, if that match were to happen. But I just don't have... um, I'm actually predicting that Schwartzman loses to her catch so I've got a her catch Zverev fourth round so yeah, that would be exciting yeah.
2: yeah
1: so I mean I guess we've we spent a lot of time on this section so I guess uh, who do we have uh, I know in our quarterfinals I, yeah. I also agree with Owen I have Djokovic and Gofan in the quarters um, but for this one I mean I have Sitsipas in the quarters and uh, for and I'm just still kind of not sure about his opponent
2: because mm. it's still
1: pretty open with Zverev.
2: Yeah. Um. My my first temptation was to go with Tatiyev and Zverev, but I feel like that's not very exciting. So um, I'll, I'll switch it up. Um. I I think Tatiyev will make the quarters. I think he's going to make a push. He's playing great in Cincy. Um. But I'm going to say Schwartzman beats Perkovich and Zverev and makes the quarters.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I I have a feeling that Anderson might win against Zverev like first round. Sadly, but. I I think it's a, I think I'm going to call the upset. I'm going to make the bold call here if that is bold at all. But I think Anderson causes the upset. Um I think for the the quarterfinals I would pitch uh Hukac as well and against Tsitsipas and that is a tough matchup. Would be an interesting one. If if Hukac can make the, the quarterfinals it would be probably a big boost in his confidence, too, eh? Mhm. All
1: right mm-hmm. guys, I'll go with the boring one. I'll go with Zverev in the quarters. Zverev, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But fair yeah, enough, I mean Anderson yeah. Anderson, you're right. I mean Anderson if he's I, I just the thing with Anderson is just I just don't know how fit he is. Like he's just thing, I yeah. just don't know. I just don't know if his body will hold up in time for the US Open because he did look very injured in Cincinnati when he and he just was very off against Tsitsipas Pass too mm-hmm. and somehow got by Edmund. But I, I just don't trust his fitness. So
0: Alright. Cool. That's yeah. fair enough. So if moving if we go into the second Second half of this draw. Where we have our seeds are Berrettini, Kasper Ruud, uh Per, Rublev, Dimitrov, Vasilashvili, Peya, Medvedev, Bautista Gut, Ranich, Deminork, Hashanov, Ogieliasim, Evans, Tillich and Team to cap it off. The number yeah. two seed. Um, any calls on, on this on this overall draw? Like who, who's the is there an interesting matchup that you see there? A top first section of the draw? I'll make some calls. Sure. Um, So
2: I think... So this is going to sound... Well, first of all, I'm really excited to see Dimitrov and Tommy Paul. Um, I think that's going to be a fun first-rounder. Hopefully, Dimitrov has recovered from COVID-19 sufficiently that it'll be competitive. Um, As for predictions... Oh, Batista Agud and Tennis Sandgren as well, I think, will be fun. Um, And as for predictions, this is going to sound weird. I'm going to say Medvedev and team make the semifinals... But I don't think that's go- that's what's going to happen. I think one of them loses early. I yeah. just can't come up with someone else who I think is more likely to make the semis.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, you hit on some you hit on the two biggest matches. I guess early, uh, you got uh, you said uh, uh, that uh, you think you think they will, but you're not sure which one of Medvedev's team will will get to the semis. I, I think. I think so too. It's really hard to, as much as we really want to see team Medvedev, uh, team Medvedev in the semis, it is it is quite likely that one of them doesn't get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to the Tommy Paul Grigor match because that was a great match in the second round of the Australian Open this year, mm-hmm. which was won by Paul. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether Dimitrov holds up holds up with the uh, with his. He's been very open about his COVID nineteen struggles, especially after the Adria tour. And it will be interesting to see if he can solve Martin Fuksovich in the second round as well, who upset him in Cincinnati. Um but yeah, but yeah, there's some there's some good first rounds in this section. Like we've got TFO and Sepi. They had a pretty good match mm-hmm. at the Australian Open, I think, twenty nineteen, when mm-hmm. TFO made the quarters that year. So that could be that could be somewhat interesting. But yeah, I mean I I just don't like Medvedev's section to me is less dangerous. Oh he yeah. Has, there's less threats in there i guess to get to the semi like to stop medvedev from getting to the semis we couldn't have a rematch of the uh the match that um, uh, i guess defined medvedev for good or worse in the third round of the u.s open last year we could have that same match again in the third round mm-hmm. Feliciano lopez and and medvedev
0: yeah seriously though like yeah. the, the the team half uh quarter really it's it's for me a horrible draw he couldn't yeah. have asked mm-hmm. for a worse draw uh, as opposed to Djokovic who got like yeah, I do, I do think
1: his, his first yeah. two rounds, team's first two rounds, um are, are against, like, usually are against clay court players. Like, Xiaomi mm-hmm. Munar, I don't think is any threat on a hard court. Um, mm-hmm. And then you got, yeah, and then Klan and Nagal, like, those are mostly, th- those aren't, I don't consider those guys to be threats until the third round, but then it could get tricky with Chilich. Yeah,
2: I, yeah. I, I, I think definitely keep an eye out for that matchup. I think if yeah. team isn't in form there, and Chilich is, he could absolutely lose that match. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, it's just been like because Chilich. I mean, you know, he was he's been a, he was a top player between twenty sixteen and twenty eighteen, and he did reach the. He's made three Slam finals. He obviously won the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, I just think he's lost a little bit of explosiveness, a little bit of speed. He's been he's had some injury struggles in twenty nineteen. His ranking has dropped. He's no longer seeded, and you know, Shapovalov was able to just beat him with pace and just expose just. uh you know just exposed his ability to generate pace and just really really took him apart Mm. uh, in Cincinnati but I but I do think like on a good day if he's serving well and the courts are quick and team is team is a little bit a little bit off his game a little bit you know hesitant maybe going for broke too early in rallies it could definitely be if he's not on his game that that is an upset alert match but Mm. I do think team ultimately overcomes that and then we've got you know Andy Murray and Nishioka. That'll be that'll be the interesting thing for me is how far will Andy Murray really go That's this true, tournament? Yeah, because he's yeah. got Nishioka and then he's got Felix Ojeda Yassim. And I'm 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 confident that on a tennis level, like if like you know you know we're just going by what we've seen so far, like an eighty percent, eighty five percent movement capacity Murray against these guys. I do think he gets through both Felix and Nishioka.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting matchup that he's got ahead of him. It would be a kind of like a rematch against Evans, yeah, Evans. from the, the Battle of the Brits.
2: Exactly, mm-hmm. Murray will need to be very careful, very yeah. careful, very.
1: But yeah, I look out for Raonic and Bautista Agut. I do think uh, I do think Raonic can pull off the upset over Bautista Agut if that matchup does mm-hmm. does does happen. And the, and these courts are quick. And the one major where Raonic hasn't really has never made a quarterfinals is at the U.S. Open. He always seems to not be. 100% fit at during this time of the season. Mm-hmm. So I think with these six months off, he's got time. He's got time to work on his body. He looks. He looks great in Cincinnati. Yeah. Like barring injury, I do think he can make a fourth round or quarterfinals.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Even go mm-hmm. further if the draw draw allows it.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's a small section of the draw. I think it's so it's so crazy because you have. Um, Oh, and Sen, I forgot to
1: yeah. mention Hachinov yeah. and Hachinov and Sinner. Oh yeah, and I was gonna t- yeah. I was gonna
0: talk about that one exactly. I that think Hachinov man. couldn't have asked for for a worse draw because Hachinov is kind of like a uh, he is not doesn't is not necessarily a player who can maintain his consistency. Yeah. Um. In the in the long run, I find his he is a good player, but he cannot keep it up. And maybe yeah. Sinner will will be able to capitalize on this. I haven't really seen much of Sinner um, in in terms of how he plays. Um games and he's a very young guy he isn't even a seeded player i don't know exactly what his ranking is but i'm assuming like if not yeah, top 50 got, closer to it right yeah he's
1: around 70 in the world he's got great uh, mm-hmm. he's got great i think federer described him really well in australia i was reading a press conference he said he's got great speed off the backhand and forehand exactly um, he moves he moves well for his height he's got great he's got great ball striking abilities in the mm-hmm. sense that he's a great indoors player so yeah. like if he plays there's no sun no wind and he's hitting the ball very cleanly. I mean, he can hit through a lot of guys, and that's even true. and and he will continue as he develops. He develops some more strength. He develops some more, uh, you know, his fitness and best of five sets. But I but I think that's a really really dangerous first round match. Mm-hmm. I I am going to be bold. I do think Sinner pulls off an upset. I, I, I think go,
0: oh, yeah. I I wouldn't say it's that bold, honestly. Yeah. Like I think it, I think any yeah, Sinner can definitely pull up the upset. I think Arshinov is has to be really careful with uh, the way he plays and he approaches his match because he has the game, he has the serve, has a backhand, has even the forehand, even as ugly as it is to look at. He's got it, <laughs> but he just can't keep it mentally in, so that is the yeah. biggest problem. Mm-hmm. And as much as Sandgren got thrashed against Djokovic, uh, Bautista Good is no Djokovic, so I think he's got a chance. And yeah, I, okay. I'm thinking I'm thinking that if Sandgren is fired up, I think he can pull off this upset in particular Although I don't think it's going to happen, I will I will call it out because I think I want to be bold here. I want to take my, whatever, 20% chance that this is going to happen.
1: I don't think that upset will happen, uh, to be honest, but I do mm. think it can be a tough four or five-set match. I would not be surprised if that goes five sets. Sandrin, Bautista, Agut, yeah. at
2: all. Uh, I think that'll be a fun match. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you guys don't mind, I, I just want to say a few things I want. I kind of want to happen in this tournament. Go ahead. Which,
0: it's your which place to do it,
2: <laughs> which I don't usually do because I need to come off as you know an unbiased writer and everything. Um, sure. I'm going to be completely honest and say I want to see Medvedev and team make the semifinals because I think the biggest thing to be worried about here is a US Open 2017 situation where the the draw just crumbles immediately. Uh, a bunch of the seeded players go out, and then we end up with kind of a one-sided final. That's true. I, think, I think Medvedev and team are the best hope for a competitive final. And I, I would just love to see a high-quality competitive final. Me too. Um, and I also think that a next-gen like T.T. Fosser is there of needs to make a deep, convincing run.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: and and i I think team and medvedev too like they all need to establish themselves and really prove that if if the consistency isn't already there they're they're on their way to reaching that consistency i don't think it's going to happen i think at least one will go out early but Mm -hmm. i think it would be a great sign for the future if all of them went deep um and i i would also like to see um a couple new players kind of arrive on the scene like if we look at the draw um Brandon Nakashima has been yeah. uh, a prospect to be a great player in the future. He could play Zverev in the second round if he gets through Pablo Lorenzi, which I don't think isn't. I think that's feasible. Um, yeah, for that, sure. So that, yeah. comment
1: on that. Uh, Lorenzi, I, I, was, I, I couldn't believe that when I saw that because I know that Lorenzi played a 16-year-old last year in the first round. Zachary oh, was, wow. He's from San Diego, and I know him really well. He's good friends with Brandon as well, actually. And they played a lot in the juniors, and I just think with Brandon's maturity and his experience, obviously he's done so well in challengers. He played a full uh, semester at uh, University of Virginia. Um, he's been doing, he, he's been doing great, and he could have qualified for Cincinnati as well. He just ran into uh, ran into a rock solid Fuksovic who just has far more experience than him. Mm. But no, I, I think I think you're right. Like the next gen players really do need to step up in this tournament, and yeah. I do think this is the time when two of the big three are not playing. When there are some players like Bobrinka, like Monfils, like Funini maybe who are okay, they're not they're not contenders to win the title, but they're you know they're players that knock off young talents early in tournaments. So I think mm-hmm. this does open the door. And absolutely, you're right. We don't want a situation like 2017 U.S. Open when we had. Uh, I mean, absolutely no disrespect to Kevin Anderson, but we all knew mm-hmm. going in that he had no chance against. Oh,
0: for sure. Uh, yeah. Nadal yeah, in the
1: final, and obviously we had the Carreno Busta and Anderson. And that draw just just massively opened up. And we had inflated rankings at the end of the season that year just because Mm -hmm. there were so many top players not playing. And that's no disrespect to any of them because they're all fantastic players. But we do want to see...
0: Yeah, we want consistency over time. That's the point. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, and to
2: be honest, I am a little worried. We will have a similar situation to the 2017 U.S. Open. I think um, yeah. n- not only are there noti- most noticeable, s- noticeable absences like Federer and Nadal, but it is a little sad to look at the draw and you don't see names like San Valvarenka or Juan yeah, Martin Del true. Potro. Um, seeing Del Potro at the U.S. Open is always fun. I you can... Count yeah. on him for some great moments, big forehands, maybe a great comeback.
0: Oh, yeah. I think so, he would be great in the, in, on those courts if they're fast like yeah. that. I think he'd be just ripping forehands back left and right. So, Yeah,
2: yeah he, I think he's having wrist surgery again, so we'll we'll hope he gets better and oh, and come back to the U.S. Open. But, yeah, um, I really think that in this current situation, if we want to have a really high-quality men's tournament, the seeds need to hold to form and not go out in the first, second, third round.
0: I yeah, I fully agree especially as you guys put it out really well like with with the absence of the bigger names where you can almost always count to like make at least the quarters um for some good good matches mm-hmm. but um to be honest Owen this is this is a place to be biased this podcast yeah. is fully biased um I am a big Djokovic fan and I want him to win um but I also happen to be a big Murray fan and for me particularly Given that he's 33 and that he has had this big surgery and uh, um, obviously the, the next gen has a massive amount of time like ahead of them. Like, hopefully they're going to have like a 10, 15 years still of tennis to be played. I particularly would love if I could see Murray back again into the quarterfinals, and even maybe a little bit further than that. So I yeah. know it's, it sounds almost unrealistic. Uh, maybe he's not match fit, maybe he's not necessarily fit in general to do, do it think... but i i can i can see him making um up until like trying to face um team if if team makes it up there and if team's form is just like he was in uh in uh in cincinnati if he makes it against andy murray i don't i'm not entirely seeing andy murray losing to that dominic team even in his current form
2: oh i i agree and i i think I think a lot of people, including me, would really like to see Andy Murray win a few matches. I think it it would just be so deserved after all the pain and he's gone through and like the the comeback. I don't know if you guys have seen his documentary on Amazon Prime. It's called Resurfacing. I, but, yet. Um, I really want to. <laughs> his comeback. When you watch it, you just really see how exhausting it was and how many times he could have quit and didn't. And so I, I would. Like again, to be a bit biased, I would really just like to see that pay off for him, and he could m- make a little bit of a run. Um, I-, I don't think he is a realistic shot, really, of making the semifinals. I think, um, since I think his loss to Milos Raonic shows that um, he's susceptible to being kind of blown off the court if someone can really play mm. with great form. Yeah. But yeah, at, at the, at the same time, sorry, go ahead, launch.
1: No, I was just going to say, yeah, no, great points, Owen. I was just going to say that I think. Uh, the unknown is also the best of fives because we haven't seen mm-hmm. him play a best of fives set match since basically 2018. And I think this is a, this is because, you know, um like, like, like you said about the whole documentary and about this comeback journey for basically three years, Murray's been trying to desperately come back and trying to get to this level where, uh, whereas now, you know, he with the six months off and you feel like he has gained a little bit more of an upper hand and maybe he has, there's certain matchups that will work really well. Like we saw with, we saw when he's played, when he saw when he when he's played Zverev, he, we know the kind of patterns that work for him that he can have success in. It's just a question of backing that up and doing it match after match. And and I I do agree with Owen. I just don't see him um, making a semifinals with this kind of a draw just now, just yet. And this is just the start of his comeback. So I do think maybe you know five six months down the line we could see uh, you know a solid top twenty top twenty five thirty Andy Murray. And he's already playing at top 50, top 40, top 40 level. And he's moving at, you know, like 80 to 85% of his his capacity. And he still anticipates really well. He's just lost a few steps in speed, which is normal, even if he yeah. didn't have an injury at his age at 33. So, so, but yeah, but I think like the first two rounds against Nishioka and Felix are just going to be so key just to see how he manages and finds that balance because he will have to keep points short he doesn't want to get into a lot of long tussles, but at the same point, at the same time, we know that that is really the heart of his game: the movement, the anticipation, the mm-hmm. the, the grinding, the defense, the the fight, the competitive relentlessness that he's got. So I think it's going to be really tough because his third round against Evans, he's gonna Evans is going to make him play a lot of balls. It's going to be it's it's going to be a, like like I said, a battle of the Brits kind of mm-hmm. kind of scenario, and you know, there's going to be guys that are going to be looking for their. Chances and he is susceptible to having uh, people, you know, o- overpower him on on given days. Just because there's, you know, it's it's hard to sustain that level right away for three four matches in a row. But it's it's going to be tricky. We'll see if he can at least make the fourth round and get to that team match. Because I I do believe he will get to the third round at least to play mm-hmm. Evans, and then from then on it gets tricky because you've got Demonor as well in the draw. Rownich. So I guess, you know, I mean, what do you guys think? Who gets out of the sections who are quarterfinals?
0: Hmm. Well,
2: I think, um, let's see. Well, um, th- just really quick. I think something you touched upon there, Vansh, is um, you said Murray won't be able to play a lot of long rallies. And I think that's kind of one of the toughest parts of being a tennis fan. Like what what we remember about Murray is like the anticipation, the speed, the grinding, those long rallies. And like, that's probably not what we're going to see from him at the US Open. Sorry to get off topic there, but um, of course, we hope he makes um, makes a good run, but at the same time, it probably won't be the same Andy Murray we've seen in the past, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of like me trying to, uh, it's kind of like what I want to see, and I understand it's not realistic. It would be a lovely story, definitely. Mm-hmm. But, um, if we were to move on, like, back into, I haven't talked about the, the Medvedev side of things yet, so... Do you have any thoughts on that? It, it seems a little bit less uh, packed than the uh, than the team part of the draw, honestly, mm-hmm. to me. But what do you guys think? Um, anything that st- stands out for you in that one?
1: I think I- that's a good assessment that it's, uh, like you said, that it's there's not a whole lot of players who can certainly trouble him the first three rounds. I do think uh, maybe if he were to have that rematch with Feliciano, it could get tricky. It could get to a, a fourth or fifth set um, but, and if Dimitrov is playing well, we could see a good fourth round match potentially there, uh, or even Milman. Milman can cause some problems. So, I mean, I, I certainly would back Medvedev as a clear favorite to get to the quarterfinals within his side of the section. And then we can talk about uh, Baratini a little bit if you want on that, that side, because he's the seed in that section. Mm. But yeah, go ahead, Owen. I think you were going to say something. Yeah, so.
2: um, I, I agree with everything you said. I think if Medvedev plays at his best, he honestly doesn't have a whole lot to be worried about before the quarterfinals. I don't see really anyone in his section who could take him out if he's playing his best. Um, like Dimitrov, I think, could be an exciting fourth-round matchup, but he did beat him at straight in straight sets at the U.S. Open last year. Yes, and um, so I, th- I think if Medvedev can replicate that level or even ninety percent of it, he will win his quarter. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think uh, in particular, like for for Medvedev, it, it's definitely tough to say. You mentioned obviously Lopez. There, there will be Milman and uh, Dimitrov, who could be interesting matchups as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, so out of this draw, I don't think. Up to the four to the quarterfinals, I don't think uh, Medvedev is, is severely um, challenged yeah. um, to to make it up to there. Um, and it's going up to the to the Berrettini side of things that I think it can, it can get interesting to see who's who would be his opponent. And um, Benoit Paire is obviously a guy who's capable of incredible tennis, but he he just doesn't seem to want to do it very often, in my opinion. Uh, so I don't think he's going to make it to. Uh, the quarterfinals, no. honestly, um, Berrettini is is powerful. He can he can do um, he can do really well, but I think he still um, needs to show a bit more consistency too. And honestly, I think I'm I'm varying a lot towards Andre Rublev. I think we're kind of going to be uh, see like a, a battle of the Russians in the quarterfinals in this one. What do you guys think about that? I feel like Rublev is kind of like coming, he's coming of age in a sense, like trying to um, find his game and finding his forehand. Has a lot of fighting spirit and is very, seems to be always very excited to be playing. So that's interesting to me to see.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's very that's a very good point, and, Andre. I'll go first, and then uh, oh, and you can speak also. But uh, I was gonna say that yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Rublev. Rublev's had a good start to the year. He's obviously won a couple of titles. He's been playing well since last summer. He's pull, he's capable of pulling off big wins. He's got a big game. He's fearless. He's got good ground strokes. Are good, uh, good off the forehand, good off the backhand. But I just think that he's a little bit, there are some holes in his game and certain players can expose those holes. For instance, the players who uh, have variety in their games, who can force him to generate his own pace and give him really low, awkward slices or force him into play, coming to the net and where he's not so comfortable right now and um, and finishing off, volleys and maybe his transition games I think still needs a little bit of work and his second serve is to me is far too predictable uh when and when it's when his game is not on so when his forehands are not quite firing he's not quite bashing the ball and you know throwing his opponent side to side and into the outer th- outer thirds of the court it's, it becomes very difficult for him to have a plan b or a plan c and we saw Dan Evans master masterfully win that match in Cincinnati and beat him earlier in the year as well because Evans is able to mix up his game. He has a more complete he has more options in his game. He's not as powerful but he has more variety and we saw that with Berrettini uh, you know, Rublev to me has a good shot to make the fourth round but I think that Mm -hmm. matchup with Berrettini is not a good one for for Rublev. We saw them play in the fourth round of the US Open last year and that was and we were all expecting a fantastic, we were expecting the same thing, uh, Rublev to get to the quarters Mm -hmm. and then Berrettini just you know, comfortably beat him in three sets because he was able to mix up the pace of a lot of slice backhands, set up his forehands, um, and really just overall, just R- Rublev just looked bereft out there. And he didn't have an answer. Uh, I'm curious, what do you think, Owen?
2: Uh, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think Rublev is probably the most under the radar next gen, and I don't really know why, because I think he has a ton of potential. Um, yeah. As you said, like, I was just looking at his draw. I don't think he could have asked for a better draw. I don't even think he should really be troubled that much until the third round if yeah. he's in form. Um, but, yeah, that, that match with Berrettini, if he can get that far, is going to be a tough one for him. I think I think he got to one tiebreak in their match, but got bageled yeah. and breadsticked as well. Um, and so you kind of fear for his confidence if they were to play again. But um, he made the fourth round at the Australian Open. Uh, I I really think he could make third or fourth round here and back up that result.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and he'll have chances, plenty of chances in the future to, you know, add more elements to his game and, you know, work on that. Because I think he's certainly a top 15 player. Definitely. Uh, So just about getting and just adding a little bit more to your game and getting to that. That next level, a little bit like uh, you know if Chung had had the opportunity to kind of back up his Australian Open semifinal a couple of years ago and then you know inside the injuries got in the way for him, but that's another mm-hmm. story, but it's just an, another example sometimes next gen players you know they they don't have unless they really back up those results. I think that's when the hype leaves and we start there's new people that emerge and you know we see that with Kokonakis and Chung are the two examples that right away come to my mind in recent years
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah. So um, try to let's let's take this final last minutes to uh, see our yeah. final predictions to this tournament. Who is going? To, who, who are going to be the semifinalists? Who is going to be the finalists? And who is going to win? Uh-huh. And what are the scores? <laughs> I just kind of like throwing this question out there right now.
1: Okay, so I mean, I think if we go, we had uh, we have Djokovic in the semis. I have Djokovic and Tsitsipas playing in the semifinals. Um, so that's my first semifinal uh, for, the, for the first half. Do you guys have anything different?
0: No, that's I, fine as well. Yeah, I, I picked Djokovic and Tsitsipas as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is kind of then, lame as well. Like if you, It's like one and four. But, yeah, but to be honest, I feel like that's the best matchup. Yeah. I think we, if, if it's Djokovic, Tsitsipas, I think, is going to be the best match that we can get out of this section of the draw. Sure. Yeah,
2: I, I think if Cincinnati hadn't happened, I would have picked Zverev to go deeper than Tsitsipas, but Tsitsipas is in form. Uh, yeah. I think the loss to Murray is going to hurt Zverev's confidence, so I think uh, Stefanos is going to go farther. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we all agree on that. Uh, I think, uh, but the next semifinal uh, is interesting. I think we all want Tsitsipas and Medvedev. I do think uh, Medvedev at this point, given his, you draw, mean
0: Dominic team, right?
1: Oh sorry, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, Medvedev sure. and, and Dominic team. That's what I meant. Uh but I do have Medvedev making the semifinals. I, I I do think it's a little bit chalk again. Uh just going off of just going by seating, but I just I, I do have Baratini and Medvedev in the quarters, and I do have Medvedev uh being our third semifinalist uh mm. in
0: that section. Would you guys agree? So uh, your yeah. semifinalists are our team and Medvedev?
1: Uh so actually I have for the other section I think Roundage
0: yeah can get to
1: the
0: um I have
1: I have Roundage in the semifinals yeah I do have Roundage pulling off an upset over team in the quarters wow
0: same I think so too I think to be fair like off of the everybody here who has like considering with with Cincinnati in mind which is obviously not all that there is to look at the biggest challenge that Milos Roundage would face in my opinion Would be right now, at this very moment, as we speak, Bautista Gutt. That would be Mm -hmm. probably his biggest challenge at the moment. If team picks up his game, obviously it would be him, but uh, aside from him, I think Milos Radnich has a powerful game to make it into the semifinals against Medvedev, which would be, by the way, an incredible matchup in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we're not doing team justice here because I'm I'm picking Batista Agud as my semifinalist. finalist um, right. I, I think okay. we can all agree that if team plays at his best, he will make the semis. But yes. I, I think yeah. it's just so hard to pick him to make the semis now after this uh six one, six two I think, loss to Krajanovic. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it could be a blessing in
1: disguise as well because that now gives him uh, plenty of time to think about the U.S. Open and, you know, gear and get, a, get those niggles in his game that were not working, maybe get more used to the court speed and 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 that and i do think you know later on in the tournament it's just about that first week i think if he can mm-hmm. get through Chilich, assuming Chilich you know gets there mm-hmm. and assuming he can get through whoever evans felix or murray then uh you know he will be in good shape by the time the quarters yeah. roll around yeah. and these, and the arthur ash courts you know are 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 slower they do give him they do give him time to overpower his opponents he does he has beaten Raonic in the past. They played in Indian Wells last year in the semis. It was a great three-setter before he beat Federer, mm-hmm. won his only Masters title. So I do think he's capable of beating Raonic, but it's just it's just that I have to go with Medvedev more likely to get to the semis just based on the draw, and just based on the fact that we just don't know whether team will be at his hundred uh, percent, you know, best just because of what we saw the shocker in Cincinnati and those shockers can happen here and there. He's not yet the established number four, like Murray was. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, I, I think I I couldn't have put it better than that. I think like it's just a question of which team shows up. If exactly. the team of the U.S. Open last year shows up, he could even go out to Nagal in the second round. But if the yeah. team of the Australian Open shows up and he gets through Cilic, uh I could totally see him in the final, maybe even winning the whole event.
0: Yeah, I think that the biggest secret for a team is can he get his first couple of wins? And if he can do it like and not do it in like five sets, like in grueling physical matches, I think he can be in really good shape to make it into the semis. Right now, my biggest bet right now will be on uh, uh, Milos Raonic. Just solely by the fact that I don't think Bautista Agud would have uh, enough to, to beat him. I think Raonic has has been incredibly mentally strong in the past mm. to like keep himself... Uh, it, it within the like it, you know has the grip of, of over his own game to be confident enough on his serve and forehand so that Bautista Good's um, gritness and uh, just fighting spirit wouldn't necessarily get much into his head but I haven't really looked whether they have a head-to-head and what does it look like at all so I, I might be fully wrong in this one but I think based on what I've seen um, and also I'm Canadian so it would be oh. amazing to have another Canadian in the semi-finals again so yeah that's that's the thing Oh, so, it's totally
2: fair, and yeah. I think Raonic is in great form as well. So I, I don't think it's an unreasonable pick at all.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
2: um, in team's quarter, the four to watch to win the quarter are Batista Agut, Raonic, uh team, and honestly Chilich if he can beat team, yeah. he could win the entire quarter. Sure. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, we've got our semifinalists, and uh, do you think... Uh, Owen, do you think uh, team gets out of this quarter? Like, what's your semifinal uh, pick?
2: My my pick is Batista Agut to be honest. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Batista Agut versus Medvedev again. For the yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Okay. man. If they can have another match like the one they just had, that would, that would be a worthy semifinal.
0: It would. It would. In in five sets as well, it could be a. It could very well be an epic. It could. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So for
2: for, for argument's sake, kind of, do we want to assume? things hold seeding and then make predictions for a uh, medvedev team semi as well
0: no just just go for whatever you think is going to be the the actual finals and in in, uh, in the winner. okay so um
2: i think in best of five medvedev will be batista agout in an epic five setter i'll say mm-hmm. um, uh, i'm gonna say djokovic wins his half uh not surprisingly and then he wins the final in a tight four sets
0: Huh. So you think maybe uh, his Djokovic semifinal will be in three sets, you'd say?
2: Yeah, I, I think Djokovic will beat Tsitsipas in straights or four sets. I don't think it'll be
0: close. Hmm. What about you, Vansh? What are your picks? So
1: Djokovic and Tsitsipas, I could see a tight four-setter in that one. I'm still going with Djokovic to get to the final. But I do think um, like they've played close sets in the past, and Djokovic has... Uh, Tsitsipas does have two wins against Djokovic... Um, albeit not in slams and best of three set matches, so he is capable of having the kind of all round game that could trouble Djokovic for a, a set or two. And so I do, and so I do think um, with the gumption of Sitsipas and the belief that he has in, within himself and the way he takes his losses, his, his professionalism, the team he has around him, I, I just think by the time he gets to the semis, he will be playing very well. So yeah. um, and I and I do think it will be a step up from any of Djokovic's opponents, including Gofan in the quarters. So I do think he will have, uh, we will see a, a good match in the semifinals. I, I am picking Djokovic in four tight sets to get to the final. And then my second semifinal, I have um, Medvedev against Raonic. And I have Medvedev winning that one in three or four sets as well. I'll say, I'll say four sets. Just because I think uh, you know, Ronich can win a tiebreaker or, or win a or sneak in one break maybe and and win a set, hmm. so yeah. And then my final would be Djokovic and Medvedev, and uh, I have Djokovic winning that in four sets as well.
0: Yeah, I, I think I tend to agree in most of most of that. If I if I were to like be realistic in my picks, I would say exactly as things went, I think maybe uh, a five setter on uh Titi Paz Djokovic, uh, okay. depending on how um Titi comes out of his draw and like how confident he is. And if it if he if he is able to make it to the semifinals, maybe he snaps out of his uh, his loss to Vavrinka and just kind of like g- regains his his um his trust in himself. And losing to Djokovic honestly, not that losing to Vavrinka isn't isn't is any shame, but losing to Djokovic come on, it's it it shouldn't it shouldn't bring anyone down. To be yeah. to be fair, like it, you're listening to the, one of the all-time. oh grades. I mean yeah,
1: and I and I so, think if he puts up yeah. a good performance and he, he battles the way he, the way he wants to in in those four hours, it's also I think it's just his it's just his own expectations, and it was just and and we we saw him get down in basically two matches, uh, two matches last year that that showed us that he really cared, which was the semi-final loss when he got thrashed by Nadal, mm-hmm. in the 2019 yeah. Australian semifinals, and then the. Heartbreaker that he had, in... so he had. To be fair to him, he did have two really heartbreaking losses, albeit one very one-sided and one very.
0: Uh, yeah, and very to be and on the on the other semifinal half, I I would still pick uh, Medvedev as well. I would say in four, I think Kranich yeah. can can take yes. the uh, the second or first set, um, yeah. and then Medvedev runs out, runs away like a maybe six three six four. Um, mm. Is he? He? I think if anyone outside of the big four can like find a. a uh, an easier time against uh, a rounded server or even a big server would be Mavidev just because yeah. of his ability to just just soak up base and just kind of like return balls and just keep himself in rallies that he shouldn't be allowed in, but he is in. Um yeah. and he's but, just a tough yeah. guy to
1: ace. He's a tough guy to ace as well. Exactly, so and far behind the baseline. Yeah,
0: but if if in in the end of the the year, like at the end of the day, like on the on the tight list, um, and I would say Djokovic as well. And I think Djokovic in, in four, if Medvedev surprises us, it would be maybe in five again. Yes. Um. He If he comes out like uh, differently from uh, last year's uh, first and second set, that he played against Nadal. He was not necessarily convincing. He was trying to play out of his comfort zone too much and not yeah. necessarily believing much in his own game. Um. Yeah. And then after that, he kind of changed and things went yeah. the way that they went. And um, if I'm to be, if I were to be like super bold in my pick, um, which I don't think I would do today, but I would say Tsitsipas wins Djokovic in five. And then we have a first-time winner on the Grand Slam in the next-gen final. Wouldn't that be interesting? I would uh, Med- Med- Tsitsipas. Med- yeah, Med- wow.
1: would, be, would be a phenomenal winner in
2: the tournament.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
2: uh, but I, just, I think it, that is unlikely, but that would be a good <laughs>
0: final. Yeah, I think I, I would be really happy to see this even if i as much as i want djokovic to win i think having a, a next gen final will be so refreshing mm-hmm. and it could be like a passing of the guard too like if you if you say like for example tzisipas wins um yeah. or maybe if medvedev wins against djokovic in the final anything could happen like maybe maybe it's like a, a big setup for the, the decade that is to come and the next gen finally trying to establish itself <laughs> against yeah. the the big three and the big four Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah and and it's, it's it is this tournament is almost like Djokovic against the field in a way because it really is. You know, I mean normally you have to even even such great players even team and uh, team is up against it at Roland Garros with Nadal but obviously then it's such a tough ask for him always every year because he has to beat Djokovic all, along the way and then he gets to Nadal and it's just like you have to beat at least two of them in order to win. Even even one of the big 3 uh you know they rarely ever beat Both of the other big three in order to win their slams. So I think with them, with two of them out, I think it's it's really opens things up, and we could have we could have maybe a passing of the torch moment for a brief time this season, Hmm. if if, if that does happen.
2: Yeah, Vontz, I think that's a great point. Um, While Djokovic is a big favorite here, I think this is also maybe the best chance that the next gen could get for a little bit because after this major. Rafa is going to be in the mix at the French Open. Got yeah. to favor him there. And then next year Federer will be coming back as well. So yeah. I think if Team or Medvedev or maybe even Tsitsipas or someone else could sneak this major, that could be huge. Uh, that could have huge implications going forward.
0: Sure. Yeah. So uh, our final picks will be you guys pick Djokovic as the yep. winner? Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to be the, the bold one just because I want to see some some different... I will say Tsitsipas is, is going to win this tournament. And that is a very long shot. I know about it. But uh-huh. uh, I think Tsitsipas is going to win against uh, Medvedev in the final. And yeah. And just just so that we can remember, maybe uh, in a couple of weeks we will come back and discuss the how the, the tournament went. And maybe even before that, like uh, in the mid-tournament, second yeah. week of the tournament.
2: we'll. Uh-huh. I would love to do at least an uh, end-of-tournament review with you guys if you'd have Absolutely,
0: me. yeah. For sure. And, yeah. Uh, remember your picks, so maybe review this episode when it's out uh, and uh, remember who you said is going to win. Yeah, sounds and, good. Uh, sure. And with that, let's end it. Thank you so much, Owen, again for, for being here. Um, you guys can follow uh, Ten um, Tennis Nation on Twitter and his blog, which is called... The Racket. The Racket with uh, CK, right? Yeah, CK. Exactly. Because there's another the racket, I believe. Yeah. Um, with a much
2: better than mine, but.
0: Oh no! It, it, <laughs> you're gonna pick it up, man. You're gonna be one of the greatest. <laughs> oh thank you. Yeah. So, and uh, thanks much for being here. Um, Th- thank you
2: so much for having me. I had a great time, as with uh, one before. Uh, you've got a great podcast. Really fun being here.
0: I uh, thank you so much, and um, also Vansh. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for your opinions and uh, great uh, analysis as well of matches. Thank you for being here again today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Andre, for having me. It was really great to uh, be on again. And I'm having such a great time doing these shows. And also, thank you so much, Owen. It was great to uh, do one with the three of us, finally. And uh, yeah, I really look forward to Cincinnati and the U.S. Open and what's to come uh, the rest of the year and with this podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Andre.
0: No problem. Also follow Vunch at v2k on Twitter. He's also a writer for Cracket Rackets. Yes, um, uh, it's pronounced
1: yeah. uh, Crack Rackets. And crack Rackets. Have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we do have, um, I will have an article actually coming out later tonight. I uh, will put that on my Twitter. It's uh, the US Open Dark Horses. So yeah, uh, to be on the lookout for for some content coming from uh, from uh, Crack Rackets. They do some great work, uh, the tennis digital media Company with uh, four great podcasts um, and uh, excellent articles and daily coverage of tennis news.
0: Sweet. And uh, that's it. That's my competition for podcasting and uh, writing. Uh, thank you so much and Owen again for being here, okay. and uh, again, I'll see you guys yeah. next time. Thank you guys for listening. Um, all yeah. of the stuff that I've said in here for links and uh, and to handles for Twitter, you can find in the description as well as all of my social media as well. Uh, Tennis and Bagels everywhere on Facebook and Instagram except for Twitter, which is and Rolandberg, which is going to be written down. Uh, it's a little bit tough to Spell for a bunch of people, but anyways, um thank you for listening and consider rating as well if you're listening on it on Apple Podcasts. And that's it. Bye bye.
2: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.